Yo, 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 what the fuck is going on today? You know what? Let's get to it. Let's stop playing with niggas, man. Oh, man. Yeah, man, this is the new shit. This is King Known Uncensored. I'm your boy, King Known, a.k.a. Motherfucking King Known, bitch. Like, <laughs> This is a new episode, Keisha versus Shanti. But before we get into that, you know what I'm saying? Send a special RIP to home run hitting Hank Aaron. You know, Barry Bonds broke all his records, but, you know, he's known in baseball infamy because of the steroid thing. And Hank Aaron, steroids wasn't even out when Hank Aaron was batting. So rest in peace to that man. Anyway, the Milwaukee Bucks have a lot of issues. And guess what? A lot of it doesn't have to do with Giannis. Now, I know a lot of people have been on Giannis's head about getting better as a post player, getting better as a jump shooter, getting better as all-around player but at the same motherfucking time though why hasn't there any why hasn't the Milwaukee Bucks as an organization hired anyone to help Giannis with his post game to help Giannis with his jumper I mean you had Kyle Korver on the roster last year what happened with that how come you didn't let him tutor him. I mean, he helped LeBron with his jumper. And you see how nice that shit is now. So, it's deeper than just Giannis. How come when Giannis runs into a wall, like the wall of Toronto, the wall of Miami, right? How come Mike Budenholzer and his staff does not make the proper adjustments? How come they don't make plays catered around either Giannis as the focal point or either Giannis as the decoy? This shit ain't all on Giannis Antetokounmpo. This is... I feel like Mike Budenholzer is the most over, one of the most overrated coaches in the league. Mike Budenholzer has been the beneficiary of great rosters. You remember he had that number one Atlanta Hawks team that ended up getting swept by the Cleveland Cavaliers. You know, Mike Budenholzer is an overachiever and always comes up short when it's time to get busy. So I don't, you know, I'm not as tough as on Chris Middleton as I was last year. The Bucks have enough to come out of the East. Even with the Brooklyn Nets loaded roster, which I will segue into momentarily, but I am just saying, though, Mike Budenholzer is not the coach for this team, and I hope that he gets fired after this season, if they don't come out the East, that is. I mean, you added Drew Holiday, who plays on both sides of the ball and isn't afraid to check anybody. Like in that Lakers game uh, yesterday, 
Drew Holiday was playing the best basketball I've ever seen him play. He guarded everyone. Like when he was guarding LeBron, he was not making as many shots as he normally would. Now, somewhere in between that third quarter and that fourth quarter, they switched Drew Holiday off of LeBron James. And then guess what happened? LeBron erupted and was clutch in the fourth quarter. Why is that? Because they took Drew Holiday off LeBron James. That's why. Bad coaching mistakes. How many bites of the apple pie of being a shitty ass overrated piece of shit coach like Mike Budenholzer does he get? I know it's not a black and white thing. This is a GM being complacent with what he has. Let's ride him to the wheels fall off. He has a great reputation. That great reputation has gotten y'all kicked out of the Eastern Conference Finals in the second round of the uh, playoffs. With a two-time MVP and a one-time defensive player of the year. Who can't get better because no one on the Bucks staff is helping him get better. I feel like Jason Kidd was the best coach that Giannis Antetokounmpo had. And they were just starting. It was just like Mark Jackson, man. You know, he was his Mark Jackson. And Jason Kidd, I guess he's still the assistant coach of the Lakers. But anyway, the Nets were set to uh, have a revenge game against the Cleveland Cavaliers after they lost, uh, I believe it was a double overtime game to the Nets as Colin Sexton cashed in 42 points. They would get their chance for revenge tonight against the Cavs, and it did not go well. (laughs) It did not go well for the Brooklyn Nets. Now, Kevin Durant did sit out. KD did sit out, but that's no excuse. You still have Kyrie, who is one of the one of the 15 best players in basketball do you have James Harden who's one of the 10 best players in basketball at 10 in my personal opinion but let's look at the let's look, look at the stats of the game man because these niggas were supposed to to beat these niggas ass like what the fuck is going on seriously Like, I watched this game, and I saw Kyrie out there cooking. But look at James Harden's stats. 6 of 14. 4 of 9 from 3, which ain't bad. 11 assists, 19 and 11. 19 points, and Kevin Durant is not playing. That's a problem. James Harden, I knew he played like, like a little bitch. Like... Normally, when Mike D'Antoni and James Harden get together, he gets the green light, right? James Harden played passive-aggressive. He played like garbage. He played like he's the overrated nigga that I say he is. Kyrie Irving had 38 points tonight. 14 of 24 from the field. 4 of 9 from 3. 5 assists. Only two turnovers. You cannot blame this loss on Kyrie Irving. And if you're going to blame... Kyrie Irving for this, you're a fucking hater. And you're a love-scoring LeBron James fan. I said it. What? 
14 shots? James Harden should have attempted 30 shots tonight. You you are without arguably the one of the three best players in basketball and Kevin Durant. Or you could argue him for the best player in the world. I don't care. Like, that is disappointing. Colin Sexton had still had 29, 25 points. But Kyrie Irving won the individual matchup and showed the young boy what it is. But Andre Drummond had 19.16 rebounds. Larry Nance, 15 and 10. Torian Prince, 14 points off the bench. Jared Allen was balling tonight. 19 points off the bench. Darius Garland had 11 points. Is there a Nets and Cavs rivalry brewing? That could be a complete possibility. Now let's talk about the Cavs and Knicks improvement. I mean, the Cavs are now eight and seven. Now, the question is, are the Cavs for real? Now, I understand that there is about 50-something games left in the season in this short, condensed season. I get that. But the Cavs are playing well. And J.B. Bickerstaff has out-coached rookie coach Steve Nash. J.B. Bickerstaff is showing how underrated he is as a coach because he's always been like an interim coach. He's never had that chance to step up and be the head coach except for that one time in Memphis. So, you have to give J.B. Bickerstaff a lot of credit. And Cleveland is healthy with the exception of Kevin Love. Now, if Kevin Love comes back and is half of what he was, maybe this team could make the eighth seed in the playoffs because nobody saw the Cavaliers coming. I mean, nobody. I for damn sure saw them as a lottery team. Let's look at my midseason analysis of the Cavs. I mean, my early season predictions on this. What did I say about the Cavs? It's going to take a little minute. I said lottery team will improve when close to 30 games or a little bit more. Actually, I did call them improving. So I wasn't too far off. But playoff team, whoa, 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 pump your brakes. But anyway, the Knicks have improved as well. I'm sure Stephen A. is proud of his New York Knicks. I mean, this is another team that is well coached. I mean, Tom Thibodeau has always found a way to win, even in the most worst situations. And he has been a part of improving Julius Randle. I'm about to watch the Knicks play right now. 
I mean, it's the improvement of R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle that has this team firing on cylinders. I mean, New York has always had a good collection of talent, but they could never come together. And now that talent is finally starting to push, and Obi Toppin is back. Emmanuel quickly was a was a great pickup, you know what I'm saying, from the draft. Mitchell Robinson is up and down. You know, they ha- and Alec Burks, this man be showing up and balling. So shout out to the Knicks, man. Um now there has been conflicting reports, but big question for my rap fans. Is Conway the Machine leaving Griselda Records? Now, there was allegedly a series of tweets that Benny and Conway were subbing each other on, but it turns out that Benny wasn't subbing Conway. Conway was responding to a bunch of Twitter and Instagram users about the, um, you know status of Conway and you know Conway wasn't featured in conflicted the movie nor the soundtrack which had a lot of eyes opening and Conway the machine was seen on his Instagram page signing a record deal it seems with drum work records and then Conway responded on Twitter saying that he has one more album left and he's releasing a new project via Griselda uh, later on this year and he's releasing his Shady release album as well this year so Conway is going to be a very busy man now is this his last year with Griselda I mean a lot of Griselda fans will be hurt by this you know since I'm one yeah I'd be hurt but Conway being his own man But, you know, I hope Conway does whatever makes him happy. He is a very elite MC. He's one of the best rappers out right now. And his content matches his productivity. Anyway, the fall off of Blake Griffin. I've been waiting to talk about this shit. Yeah, man. Last year, I was bombarded by a bunch of Blake Griffin fans. I'm not going to say who. Y'all know who y'all are. Y'all know exactly who the fuck you are. Y'all know exactly who you are. It was a couple of niggas out there that was saying that Blake Griffin was going to be going to have an all-star caliber MVP caliber player where's that shit out now where's that shit out now it's been how many games this season for this bum this overrated bum this sorry sack of shit this butt muncher this nigga is only averaging 4.7 rebounds per game 15.5 18 games and this man has not even recorded a dunk I told you that this nigga was not going to be shit this year. 
I told you he was going to be a role player. I told y'all this nigga wasn't a top 50 player. This nigga is not, I don't even think, he's not a top 100 player right now. The fall off of Blake Griffin, and I blame Stan Van Gundy for bringing this overrated, washed up nigga over to Detroit. This is why I will forever hate Stan Van Gundy for shit like this. This was a last ditch attempt to save his job. Yes, they made the playoffs eventually, but they got swept by the Bucks while Blake Griffin did the Grant Hill and decided to play in the playoffs hurt. And it ruined his career. And it ruined his trade value. So the pit poor Detroit Pistons are stuck with this sorry motherfucking piece of shit. Who needs to retire? I told y'all. Me and my big cuz told y'all this nigga is a bum. This nigga is washed. And he needs to be cut immediately. And get the Josh Smith treatment. Anyway, let's move on to Donovan Mitchell. Now Shaquille O'Neal asked Donovan Mitchell interesting questions last night. And he said, what do you have to say to the people that say that you aren't good enough? Donovan Mitchell said, all right. Meanwhile, LeBron James and James Harden are bitching at the NBA legends for criticizing them. And I'm just like, look, man, they're not criticizing you because they hate you. They're not criticizing you because they're jealous of you. They're criticizing you because they see the better version of you. And you are not realizing your full potential. Now, LeBron doesn't half-ass. Okay? I give him that. He's a very exceptional player. But those guys feel like, you're, you know, just like me. Like, you're better than what your 4-6 and six finals record has displayed. You have a majority of... Uh, you're in the... Uh, you're ranked in the record books. I mean, you don't own as many... NBA records such as like a Wilt Chamberlain or nothing like that, but that's okay. You're in the top 10 in a lot of categories all time. But at the same time, you you were cap- LeBron James should have six or seven NBA championships, in my personal opinion. But I'm not going to get into that because that's too long of a breakdown. That's a whole separate show. But shout out to Donovan Mitchell. Last but not least, Keisha Cole versus Ashanti. The battle that you've all been waiting for. Ashanti bounced back from the COVID just to shit on everybody. Now, I did not watch the versus battle. But I did score it. And I here's what I came up with for the Shanti versus Keisha Cole. The question is, who won? And I am the nigga to break this shit down. Man, I'm so mad right now. Because I gotta find the link to the article I was just reading about the versus battle. Billboard had Ashanti winning. I 
That's that's what Billboard said. But I'm gonna score myself, and I will determine who won. Keisha Cole's "I Changed My Mind" versus Ashanti "Happy." This was a very, very difficult decision because I love both songs equally, but I gotta go with Keisha Cole in the first round. Round two. I should have cheated versus the way that I love you. You know I'm going with Keisha Cole. That's a no-brainer. Keisha Cole and Lil Wayne's I Enough of No Love versus Ashanti's Don't Leave Me Alone. I got Enough of No Love. That motherfucker, I swear to God. Enough of No Love is that shit. That's vintage Keisha motherfucking Cole. Okay? And don't get me wrong, I love Keisha and Ashanti, but I'm I'm telling the truth. This one was hard right here. Round four. Keisha Cole should have let you go versus Rock With You All Baby, but I got to go with Ashanti on that one. Um, Keisha Cole, I remember, versus Lloyd and Ashanti Southside. I got Keisha Cole again. I fucking hated Southside. That shit was fucking garbage to me. I never liked that song. That shit was corny as fuck. Round six. Very difficult. Diddy versus Keisha Cole and La- Diddy and Keisha Cole last night versus Ain't It Funny remix. Now, for those who have been under the rock, everybody knows Ashanti wrote that song. So you got I gotta go with, with Ashanti on that one. That was a good uh trump card you used. Round seven, Tupac and Keisha Cole's playing cards right versus Tupac and Ashanti and T.I.'s Pac's life. You know I got to go with playing cards, right? Round eight, Keisha Cole's love versus Ashanti rain on me. This is when my nigga OT Genesis came and sang the song. Now, um, I got to go with Keisha Cole on this one. I love Rain On Me, but it's not fucking with love in no way possible or shape or form. Round nine, Keisha Cole's Trust and Believe versus Ashanti, Charlie Baltimore, Ja Rule, Vita, and Char- uh, uh, yeah, and, and, and Down For You. I got to go with Down For You. I love Trust and Believe, but that ain't fucking with Down For You at all. Do you trust me? Love me? Put it, put it on me, Murder. <laughs> Number 10, Keisha Cole's You've Changed versus Asante's Runaway. I got to go with You've Changed. I got to go with Keisha Cole on this one. Keisha Cole, Heaven Sent versus Ashanti's Baby. This was difficult as fuck. But I got to go with Ashanti. As much as I love heaven sent. In round 12, Ashanti Only You versus Keisha Cole's Brand New. I gotta go with Only You because Only You is one of the hardest Ashanti songs she got. Round 13, Fat Joe and Ashanti's What's Love versus Keisha Cole and Monica's Trust. I gotta go with What's Love, dog. I mean, come on, man. That's one of Fat Joe's biggest songs, man. Um, round 14, Fabulous and Ashanti's Into You versus Jaheem and Keisha Cole's I've Changed. 
Sorry, Fab. I gotta go with Jaheem and Keisha Cole's I've changed. That's the hood rat anthem. I fuck with the Jaheem record. That shit fire. Round 15, Ashanti movies versus Sean Paul and Keisha Cole's Give It Up To Me. This is another very difficult decision. But I gotta go with Ashanti movies, nigga. I mean, Give It Up To Me was big and it was it's the it's the bigger hit. But movies is the better song. Like I remember when I first heard that shit, I was like, ooh, Ashanti. Ooh. Ooh. Man, I'm getting my nipples getting hard just thinking about that goddamn song. Round 16. Ja Rule and Ashanti's Mesmerized versus Keisha Cole, Missy Ellie, and Little Kim Let It Go. Come on now. You know the choice. Y'all know the vibes. If he don't treat you the way he should, then let it go. Nigga, what? Man, I fucking hate it, Mesmerized. Your lips, your thighs. <laughs> ja Rule tried that. Ja Rule tried his hardest to make a commercial song while, while 50 was destroying his ass in that battle. Round 17. Ashanti's Foolish versus Keisha Cole Never. You already know I'm going with Ashanti on that one. Easy work. Number 18. Ashanti's breakup to makeup versus Keisha Cole, you complete me. I gotta go with You Complete Me by Keisha Cole. That's just a better song. Round 19, Ashanti's Don't Let Them versus Keisha Cole and Remy Mine French Montana You. I gotta go with, with Keisha Cole, man. That song with Remy and French, that shit was hard as hell, bro. East Coast, West Coast connection on that shit. You give it up for the last time. That's my shit. Hell no, nah, man. Should I see that fucking with that? All right, in the last round, Ashanti always on time with Ja Rule versus I Don't Want to Be in Love with You by Keisha Cole. You know Ashanti got that one. Now, the scorecard, I scored Keisha Cole 11 to Ashanti's 9. I had Keisha Cole barely winning. It was the difference between one song. That shit was very close, but Keisha Cole deciding to bullshit almost lost her to battle. And Ashanti didn't play the right shit. It was it was certain things. It was certain things that she ain't play good, good. She ain't play body on me. Like she had other songs. Like you ain't play rescue. Like you ain't played a happy remix. Like she had Ashanti had a lot more in her bag. You ain't play. The, the baby record with you and Megan that would have resonated with the young crowd yeah Shanti kind of dropped the ball and I see why she lost but that's my show it's a little short one because I got something coming right after this y'all so stay tuned I'm out this bitch